You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. This episode is the fourth in a series NYSAC has produced that chronicles the county response to COVID-19. Today we're talking about our darkest hours, New York County leadership and the COVID pandemic. You'll hear about why the book was commissioned, how it was written, and its significance as we continue to battle this pandemic and to prepare for future emergencies. NYSAC's Deputy Director Mark Levine kicks off the conversation with Executive Director Stephen Aquario. So Stephen Aquario, you're the Executive Director of the New York State Association of Counties and you're the Executive Director of the County Executives Association. Can you tell us uh, what this book is and, and why it was written and published? Well, this book shows actual examples of what it took to lead during the pandemic, uh, which started in March of 2020 and is still in effect. This book shows the inspiration, the perseverance of the New York county leaders combating an invisible enemy. And In New York, we've been on high alert ever since the devastating terrorist attack on 9-11. County officials didn't need a a wake-up call to action from some other government official. We didn't need to be told by the governor, by the president, uh, by anybody else that there was a serious situation in our community. We're incident commanders. These county officials rose to the challenge on day one, and this book captures the very essence of leadership, of what it took in the midst of the crisis. It shares knowledge. It shares experiences, personal experiences. It shows character. It shows grit. It shows values, and it shows what it took to take risks and respond to a very dangerous situation which attacked our state. And this is the different perspective. This is another perspective. This is another narrative other than the one that you've heard by the state officials, other than the one that you've heard by federal officials, whether they're at CDC or the New York State Department of Health. This is a narrative from the front lines. Can you talk uh, a moment about the the different sections of the book, Steve, part one, part two, and the appendices? The book is divided into two parts. The first part of the book is something we've heard in the earlier phases of these podcasts, where we heard in firsthand account of the county executives in their own words, Uh, of what it meant to lead during this crisis uh, and how their public service was challenged every step of the way. And the second part of the book chronicles public policies and the intersection of federal, of state policies, of local policies, how they clashed and how they conflicted uh, from time to time 
uh, and, and what it meant to govern during this critical time in New York uh, in that second part, going through the role of the state association, going through the role uh, from the perspective of local health commissioners and local health departments, understanding the policies coming out of Washington, D.C., understand the policies coming out of the capital, the state capital in the state of New York and its health department, the New York State Department of Health. Uh, I think that uh, the people who read this book will truly come to understand of what it was like to go through this period of time and really how to better prepare for the next pandemic or the next epidemic that we go through. We'll be right back to the conversation to take a moment to listen to the dedication for Our Darkest Hours. Our Darkest Hours, New York's county leadership and the COVID pandemic. This book is dedicated to the memories of all those we lost to the COVID-19 pandemic and to their grieving families, friends, and neighbors. Additionally, we dedicate this book to the county officials who bravely serve their communities in this most extraordinary time. These are the unsung heroes who put their lives on the line to serve us all, and they have our eternal gratitude. The profits from the sale of this book will be donated to Feeding New York State, which supports the 10 regional food banks that have been feeding the hardest-hit New Yorkers. Additionally, and most importantly, this book is about courage. The courage it took for county executives to lead and protect their residents from the worst pandemic in 100 years. Their public service should never be forgotten. If you're interested in purchasing Our Darkest Hours, soft cover and a digital version are available from Archway Publishing, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Joining the conversation now is Dutchess County Executive and President of the New York County Executives Association, Mark Molinaro. Mark, talk about... Um, when you convened in October of 2020, what that was like, the, the, the fear of convening, A, and B, why it was necessary to convene. You had to share stories and you had to share operational plans with each other. And it was at that, that, that meeting that you decided to chronicle the issues as a mid-action report. I, you know, I think it's like any other long-term emergency response. I mean, I don't want to liken it to, um, you know, to a war. I think that that, uh, you know, summons a different uh, kind of uh, response. But, the, you know, as, as you have said, and we, we say in the book, I mean, the county leaders in this state are the frontline responders. We're the, you know, the field commanders uh, to, uh, uh, in, a, in a public health crisis. And we had been communicating and interacting with each other, learning from each other, leaning on one another, listening to each other, probably like never before, but we really felt it uh, appropriate and necessary, county executives specifically, to get around a table and sort of brainstorm. You know, there's also something very, I, I hate to put it this way, but therapeutic about that, but it's, you know, it's important. You know, as we, as, uh, we look at uh, mental health is on, is on everyone's mind these days. 
um, having uh, the ability to kind of talk and interact with one another in a way that would, you know, humanize what we were dealing with uh, and addressing as as community leaders. Again, not we didn't shoulder the, you know, the greatest burden, right? The, the mom or dad uh, dealing with a loved one, a, a senior in a, a in a nursing home, uh, a small business had had greater crises and challenges than than we did. Um, but we 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 obviously were leading our communities, and so we felt it necessary to get together, but how would we do that? And then how would we make sure it was safe? And, and so all of that became a topic of conversation of itself. But when we got together, Steve, and, and I think um, you, you appreciate this better than most, we said, you know, we've got to write this down. There's got to be a chronicle for our purposes uh, and future generations of county and community leaders. We need to, you know, we just need to record the truth, record what we experienced, record what we learned from one another, uh, and record lessons that uh, others might be able to learn from themselves. Talk about the title, Mark. The title of the book is Our Darkest Hour. Um, talk about uh, you uh, lost your father uh, during this pandemic. Uh, thousands of New Yorkers uh, lost a family member, a sibling, a parent as well. Uh, what was it like uh during this time to be an incident commander, a leader protecting your community at large uh, and also working alongside all these county executives during this time. Uh, can you reflect a little bit on that, on the title of this book and your uh, mental and physical health that you, that you experienced as you went through and continue to go through this pandemic? Um. Let me say uh, my father and I grew apart uh, over my childhood and as I got a little bit older, and it wasn't until um, really only a handful of years ago that we became very close again. And um, to receive a phone call from my sister, um, you know, just telling me that, that he had uh, uh, become very ill and was taken to the hospital uh, was, I mean, it was just shocking. And um, it really brought home uh, what I know other families uh, had already been experiencing. Uh, and I, you know, I talk about this in my chapter of the book. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've processed it yet. And I, Steve, I know that, that you've uh, lost a parent recently. Um, you know, you just, you, you try so hard to reflect and think, you know, um, about all those times, those good times you had. And I have to tell you, because my, my father and I grew apart, I don't have enough of those uh, in my adult years to reflect on. And so, you know, he holds a place in my memory um, that uh, is very, very important, my childhood. But I do feel like, um, you know, there were those moments as a, a dad myself uh, getting older uh, that, that now had been stolen. And, and to have that come, you know, at this moment, you know, is, is a bit unique. I, I tell people this all the time. I, you know, my loss is not greater than anyone else's. And, and I, don't, I don't think that I'm somehow, you know, special because I, you know, I had this own, my own, you know, emotional uh, roller coaster and, and, and loss to confront. Um, but it did humanize for me what, and make real what others were dealing with. And I think that that's important, right? I mean, I think as, a, as, as community leaders, we too often um, get lost in the data we get lost in the in the in the press briefings. We get lost in our own, you know, media accounts. Um, this this made for me what I uh, I could see other families experiencing, uh, but made it real for me. But I will tell you, um, 
that the relationships uh, that I had with county uh, officials across the state were were solid enough, right? I, I could and did speak with a few of my colleagues really in depth, who either some had lost a parent or or hadn't, and 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 they were as much asking me how how what what the experience was as much as I was trying to process the experience with them. And so those relationships became important um, and, and a strong foundation. But I also tell, and I think I've said this to you many times, and I've, I've said this to others, um, you know, I just haven't had time to reflect on it. And I don't know when that'll happen. Um, but I will, I, you know, I think it is important to say this, though. Um, you know, we really did lean on each other. And again, I, I appreciate that we wrote a book and, and that the proceeds go to important um, uh, 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 services, the, the food banks, and uh, helping people. That's all valuable. But just the just the relationship and the interactions we've had with people, uh, county leaders, executives uh, of different political parties that maybe we, we wouldn't have had otherwise is really valuable to the people we serve. I, I don't undercount that or undervalue that. It's really valuable to the people we serve. We, we strengthened each other and in, in the process, um, I think, uh, improved and enhanced and really uh, uh, benefited people we serve. One of the things that struck me while we went through this in March of 2020 through August of 2021 was the bipartisan nature of incident response. And when there's a state of emergency, this is not a political issue in any manner. And I, I recall when we were going through this, and the book talks about this, the Washington, D.C., the role of the president at the time, the governor of the state of New York at a constant state of tension with each other and a political partisan divide in the Congress of the United States, the president of the United States, the governor of the state of New York. But one thing I saw at the local level, the county government regional level, was a true collaboration in a bipartisan manner. And I recall the mayor of the city of New York interacting with the counties in upstate New York on a regular basis, sharing best practices, sharing laboratory capacity to do testing, offering to help the upstate counties. Can you give us your perspective, Mark, about that that bipartisan nature of helping each other? Yeah, well, it um, it really strengthens the belief that the government closest to the people is the most responsible and responsive, it really strengthens it. Um, and, and it really speaks, I think, to the value of the way our, 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 nation, our, go our government in, in, in America has been established. So, you know, in an emergency, we don't have time for party politics. And, um, uh, and, 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 and that was true and on full display during uh, these, these 20 months, right? Um, and so, so, yes, I mean, first, w w the, the mayor of the city of New York side, and I do wanna mention uh, Mayor de Blasio uh, specifically, but you had county leaders, uh, Republican and Democrat, of counties that have different resources, different assets, different challenges, different sizes, all leaning on each other, right? So, you know, my commissioner of emergency response was out uh, trying to buy product in the middle of the night in uh, PPE in, in China and, and, and then distributing it in partnership with, with you and others to other parts of the state. You had counties on Long Island that had access, almost direct access to national, uh, national officials that maybe the others of us didn't, and they picked up the phone and got those resources available. Yet Central New York and, and, and the North Country and, and Western New York access to laboratories and hospitals that some counties don't have that we could then uh, take advantage of. And again, that interaction 
uh, and, and, and reliance on one another is critical in, in any emergency, but it was never better uh, than during this emergency. Um, you know, you know this, uh, the, the, the city of New York is a collection of counties. Uh, it, uh, it functions with an executive, the mayor, not the same as a county executive. And sometimes, you know, the mayor participates, any mayor participates actively, and sometimes they don't. The mayor of New York was very much keen on coordinating with county governments. He, he understood that his residents, some relocated upstate into Long Island, he understood the connectivity, uh, particularly the subway and train connectivity between Long Island, the Hudson Valley in New York. And if you looked at a map of, of cases, you could see the red line that kind of mirrored uh, the public transit lines. Uh, you had uh, uh, resources and capacity that New York City had, had at its fingertips, the purchasing power, the leveraging of, of resources, the rest of us didn't. Uh, and, 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 and they just, they, they, were, they were partners. And, and I think because of that, even, even now in the, the phase we're in now in responding, that relationship continues. And it's, I, I just think it's important. It's important that, that residents understand that. And, you know, yeah, we all have policy differences. Yeah, we all have political differences. But all of that was set aside to lean on one another, learn from one another, and to implement a response. And that is, it's just very, very important. I do want to say one thing without being, you know, you know I guess critical. Um, the challenge was dealing with the federal and, and, and local government and, and state government. It just was. Um, you know, we, we are the face of our regional governments, counties. And, and, and we have a certain level of trust. I think it was the Pew uh, Institute did a, did a survey a couple of years ago when you asked people, uh, what, who do you trust in government? Uh, without question, local government is sort of the last bastion, if you will, of, of trust. And trust is, uh, uh, trust is currency in leadership. It is, it is the one thing uh, that uh, we can build up and, and draw against when needed in an emergency. I will say decisions that were made in, in Albany, and you know this, and, and at times from the state government, undermined and diminished that trust instead of relied uh, on it. And that made our response challenging and that damage, and it is damage, is something that we're going to have to work to rebuild and, and recover from. Mark, can you talk a little bit about the role of county leaders in communicating um, the, the the challenges uh, and the, the need for protection, the need for social distancing at the, for the residents at the county level. So how, the how role of communication in, in, in this pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think what you saw among county leaders uh, across the state was an understanding that that relationship that we have with the people we serve, right? We see them in the grocery store. We interact with them on the little league field. Um, that became invaluable. And our ability and willingness to be open and communi communicate directly with residents uh, was critical. And as I said, sometimes the decisions out of Albany and Washington undermined our ability uh, to, um, uh, to rely on uh, that relationship, right? The trust that we've established at times was, was, was really frayed with the, with, with the public, but we held to it. And so when residents had questions, they, they turned to us. And I know in my case, uh, I think we held uh, 75 town hall sessions. I think Dan McCoy may have doubled me at like 150 or something. And, uh, and, and, and Ryan McMahon and, and uh, Steve Bologna, you can run the gamut. Everybody tried their best at the county level to be the face, but not only simply communicating information, but trying to respond to questions. My meetings were town hall style meetings. It was virtual. People asked questions, we responded. Many times we had 
public health and private health uh, officials there to answer questions. And by uh, sustaining that sort of competent calm and consistency, um, I, think, I think residents trusted that we were making choices and encouraging them to make choices that were in our collective best interest. Sometimes uh, throughout, uh, many times throughout, we didn't know what we didn't know. And so we were making a lot of decisions based on data and information coming at us very quickly. But I will say that the fact that we were constantly communicating really left residents with the understanding and appreciation that if we didn't quite get it right today, we'd be back with you tomorrow and try to try to work our way through it. So, so the onslaught of guidance, the, the, the sometimes confusing direction, conflicting uh, 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 regulation, you know, did cause tension without question. And of course the public's gonna react in that way. It's okay, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be frustrated, it's okay to be frightened. Those are all things that are okay. The emotion is okay. Um, but I think they turned to us often because we were uh, constantly trying to help them uh, work their way through the regulation, uh, through the, uh, the need to respond and the choices that, that we needed to make and also the emotional condition of the community and, and individuals. And that's an important role to play and it's one that, that I cherish and many county leaders really, really engaged in. And for that, I think um, they should be credited. One final word, uh, any, any, um, any comments uh, for listeners on, on um, vaccine resistance and how to overcome vaccine resistance at this time in this pandemic? Yeah, I, I said this throughout the pandemic. You know, Pete, some people don't want to be told to do something they don't think they want to do by people they don't generally trust. I believe that you should choose to be vaccinated. I believe the vaccines to be safe and I believe them to be effective. I believe that based on um, uh, the research, the data and my conversations with my physician. I though encourage residents to, uh, to make that, that choice uh, in the same way I concluded it. Speak to the people you trust about your health uh, about your medical uh, concerns, speak to your physician, speak to a public health official, and come to that conclusion. It will take time for some people, and I don't believe that government should be shaming people, but rather giving them the outlets and the opportunities to get their questions answered and conclude what's in the best interest for them and their family. My choice, what's in the best interest of, of myself, my family, and I think my community, was to be vaccinated. I encourage people to come to that conclusion as well, but I want them to be able to do that in a way that, that builds confidence that does, and not necessarily uh, shames them or diminishes our capacity to make tough choices together. What have we learned? We've gone through 20 some odd months of a pandemic, a public health crisis, an emergency, emergency operation, uh, which continues to this day. A book was uh, put in motion to sort of a mid-action report. This book was done by government for government officials, for county leaders uh, that may be in these chairs in the out years, or for current leaders uh, in state uh, health department and the governor of the state of New York uh, to learn uh, what we went through. But what have we learned? What do we know now? Uh, as we uh, at this stage, uh, do do we ha have we made progress in lab testing capacity with vaccinations, healthcare disparities, with uh, personal protective equipment? Where are we? Do we do we need a uh, a way to debrief with each other in the state of New York? Should there be a task force 
uh, tasked to unpack what we went through from the county's perspective, from the state's perspective, and better prepare, prepare for tomorrow? Well, the short answer is yes, we do. I mean, there is little question that the close of an emergency, you have a an after action review and there needs to, that needs to happen in Washington. It needs to happen in Albany. It needs to happen at the local level. It needs to incur, include all of us. You know, we did a lot of this after 9-11 as well. And um, we learned a lot. Uh, Steve, to answer your question, we've learned a lot. We, we learned a lot about uh, disparities in, in, in healthcare, the, uh, the, the challenges certain communities have uh, in accessing support and resources. Uh, the, the fragility, if you will, of life and businesses, and by the way, government and institutions we, we're, we, we hope and want to trust, but sometimes can't. All of that we've learned a lot about. The real question for us, will we do anything about it? Will we as, as leaders summon the courage and the capacity and the creativity necessary to confront what we've learned? We've learned that we cannot shelve education. We can't send kids home and expect that somehow they're going to to keep, keep up and just because we believe they're resilient, they'll somehow just get over it. We've caused them trauma. We learned that, that men and women, moms and dads, grandparents and, and, uh, and, and aunts and uncles, we, we've learned that their isolation uh, is not something that we can repeat. And therefore, how do we protect them in the future? We've learned how to use technology and we've learned how to communicate in ways that, like never before. We've learned the, the, the difficulty in transporting product and, the, and, and, and how Producing things in America and at home are critically important if we're going to uh, respond to the next emergency, whatever it is. We've learned all of those things. Will we do anything about it? And right now, uh, I am, um, um, I'm concerned, and I think we all ought to be, that we're consumed by the politic of the moment, the, the desire among elected officials, some, uh, to simply make a point instead of ultimately focusing on making a difference. And, and I will say, having lived through uh, the 9-11 attacks and any government response and lessons learned, we still haven't implemented some of, the, some of those things that we learned uh, those, uh, those years ago. Let's not let that uh, um, continue. Uh, let's implement those changes. Let's implement those redundancies and things that we, we know are important at local, state, and, and the federal level to truly respond to an emergency. And, and, and let's take the lessons we did learn, things we wrote about in the book, the things we talk about every day, uh, and implement some of the change necessary to be better uh, when and if uh, we have that next crisis. And, and we will have another crisis. Thank you for listening to this episode of County Conversations. Once again, Our Darkest Hours, New York County Leadership and the COVID Pandemic is currently available for order from Archway Publishing, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. For more information on the book and other COVID recovery resources, visit NYSAC's website.